All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Strange New Worlds from the Fake Nerd Podcast. I am Brandon T. McClure. I'm also joined by another member of the Fake Nerd Podcast, Sparks Witty. Hello, sir. Hi, glad to be here. And of course, as always, Cookie from Just a Little Podcast is here. What's up, my friend? Talking about episode five of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Spock Amok. Yeah. All right, what do we think about this one? I'll let our our new guest come on and give his thoughts. It's it's the slowest episode of the season so far, <laughs> which is <laughs> I said this right before we started. It's the slowest episode of the season, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, it's still a great episode, personally. Um, I'm still enjoying the show. I know only what you say in passing, Brandon. So I was like, oh, I I guess this is to explain Nurse Chapel loving Spock. Yeah, that's cool. I know nothing about that, so I'm like, this all just seems fine and groovy to me. We'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm having a great time. Um, Cookie, what'd you think about this one? I I'm with Sparks on this one. I thought this one was a little bit slower. It had a lot of beats from previous Star Trek where we're getting the the swapping of things happening. So that was very interesting. I I do have like this subtle thing for nurses, I guess, because like. Back when TNG happened, I had something about a nurse. I just was attracted to this nurse. And now I'm attracted to this one. And it's who just is like, the, what is Who was the nurse in Next Gen? Um, well, not really a nurse. I guess a doctor. No, nah, but who was the nurse in Next Gen? A nurse, um, oh, um, oh, I forgot her name. Sparks, you wouldn't know this. Um, I forgot her name. It was the, 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 the lovely Asian girl in the, in, in, who was pregnant in the final episode. Yes, that's um, what's his name? No, no. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's a lot of this show, Sparks. I don't know if you've been watching this show, but it's a lot of me just half-ass remembering a bunch of episodes of Star Trek I watched when I was a kid. I I have never watched any of the the fake nerds watches for the Star Trek shows because I wasn't watching them, but I have mm-hmm. been watching the Strange New Worlds ones. Oh wow, cool. So Sparks, before real quick, my thoughts. I love this episode. I thought this episode was great. It's the first time in live action Star Trek has made me laugh out loud since Discovery started. You and um, me both. You and yeah. me both. That's that's condemning. I well, was it's... genuinely like smiling ear to ear, laughing. My, my wife, this is the first episode she watched of Strange New Worlds with me. And yeah. she actually was laughing out loud. She's like, I don't know what's going on, but it's funny. And I was it's, like, it really is. You know what? It's the line where it's it's the line where where, where Spock and T'Pring are there. And they're just like, now that you know we're, we're different, you can clearly see the difference in our mannerisms. And Pike's like, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> that just got that just really got to me. But it's not it's not necessarily it's not necessarily I don't like punching down. I really don't. But like the other live action Star Trek shows specifically have been very much. They've taken away the fun. And Star Trek should be fun. Yeah. And this is kind of what what Strange New Worlds, what I was hoping we could get Strange New Worlds. But before we get more into it, Sparks, what is your history with Star Trek? My my history is probably having seen most of Enterprise to a degree I don't remember when it aired live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some Next Generation. And then the, the movies, the Paramount recent movies. Um, the Calvin films. Yeah. Um, and then just what you talk about. Like well, not happy- what you talk about on the shows, but like what you you mentioned to me in passing. I'm so happy you're here with us to talk about this because like I I'm 
I know you've been really enjoying Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. The, you told me you told me ages ago that you're like, man, this might be the show that I watch. This might be the one that gets me in there. And I'm so happy that you're watching the show. It, it makes me genuinely ecstatic. Yeah, I am too. Um, it's it's very much the it's a good road in, I think. Like for me, for for a lot of people, I think that yeah. this like if I was if people were looking to jump into Trek, this is where I'd tell them to go. If it's not the Kelvin films, it's here. Right. Because this yeah, is like think, the best version of retro and modern at the same time. Yeah, I think so. I think that this show has done a really great job of merging the not necessarily the aesthetic of the original of the original series, but like definitely it feels more in line with classic Trek. And mm-hmm. then it's also got the updated visuals and kind of the more fast paced tone of the more modern stuff. And I think they really came up with God, the show is just so good. <laughs> it's got really it's got like sharp writing, good characters that mm-hmm. are very clear from the beginning. I didn't realize until like um, I watched the video. I think this was right after the first episode came out. I watched the video that was the the cast talking about who they were playing. Mm-hmm. And then it started to show who was a character from the original series. And I'm like, I did not realize there were this many people from the original <laughs> series on this show. Um, but that's cool. There is a lot of them. There is. Uh, and it's it's surprising that they're able to pull that off. I actually watched, I want to say the same video that you were talking about. There was a, a clip from there where the guy who's playing as Spock, they asked him like, hey, so are we going to get like Spock's full name? And he's like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I never thought about it. I was like, oh, wow, that's something that now that he said it, I want it. But it's like before that, I never knew it actually, that it never occurred to me of thoughts of that nature. So. That's mm. kind of one of those things where it's like, that's one of those lost to canon things. There's another one in this episode that people reminded me of. Um, but in the lost to canon, like Spock mentions offhandedly in the original series that like um, humans can't pronounce my full name. Mm-hmm. And that was and that was it. And that was we've never, ever addressed it ever, ever again. Mm-hmm. And then there was something coming out like, I guess they. I guess they came up with a name for him that humans can pronounce for strange new worlds. And there was a poster that like leaked. So we might be getting that. I don't know. Though. Okay. There's another instance where chapel chapel's great. I love chapel. She's wonderful in the show. Yes. I hate her in the original sh- in the original series. She's great in this. Um, and she has this, this romance with Dever with Lieutenant Dever. And sh- people pointed out that apparently I completely forgot this. She was engaged in the original series, and that's why she was on the Enterprise to look for her lost fiance. Wow! Again, one one episode mention lost to canon, just lost crazy. forever. Um, and they, uh, the showrunner for the show, was like, "Actually, stay tuned. We may have something for that." And I'm like, "You, you, you guys, <laughs> you guys, they know how to do it." And I, I like you. I loved her in this. Um, I liked getting more history on her and getting the wittiness of her. It was it was great. Uh, I like the interaction that we had with her. And I'm going to butcher her name. Ta- Ortegas. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. So their their dynamic and their relationship is very, very much like friends. But at the same time, there's hints of flirtiness between both of them, which I don't know if you guys caught it. I caught I it caught at the it. end. I caught it. Okay, yeah. okay. I caught it at the end. I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. They mentioned it from before where she had one 
one little um, experiment with uh, a different gender, which, hey, it's it's space. Anything could happen. Well, they they do establish that it's not an experiment. Like like it's just she's bisexual or she's pansexual. I think most anybody in Star Trek nowadays is pansexual anyway. I mean, why yeah. why would you limit yourself? Honestly, you're going out into the galaxy. You got the whole, you got an open smorgasbord. The thing is, like, out of all people, I don't know if I could do a Vulcan. It just the relationship is like watching Spock and his fiance their interaction. I was kind of cringing. I'm like, this is so awkward. My wife's really? like, I loved it. I loved I, it. Don't get me wrong. I liked it because I know their their personalities and I know the personality of a Vulcan. My wife's watching. She's like, this is like so weird. I'm like, I paused. I'm like, well, you have to understand. And I had to like break it down for her. And she's like, okay, this makes sense. But it's it's a weird relationship if you're a human having emotions, expressing your emotions, and then you have a Vulcan that suppresses it. Oh, I couldn't do it. I'm too emotionally unstable. Sparks, <laughs> what did you think of Tapring and Spock? Um, I I feel like it's really hard to write romance for characters that specifically can't express emotion outwardly. Yeah. Uh, I guess like the thing is, I I'm interested in what this narrative arc means for spock i'm not necessarily that invested in the relationship itself sure i guess that's partially because like i've never heard of Tapring before so i don't expect that this goes very far uh... um <laughs> so that's that might be one reason why is just the knowledge that like well i don't think this is gonna matter a lot in the future um but it's also because i i have nothing to latch on to with Tapring. mm-hmm like frankly, like in my in my opinion right now, Tapring is the weakest character of the show. Sure, I get that. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, only in this episode in the first one. Yeah. Um, but I just I have no I my investment only comes through Spock, and mm-hmm. it's hard to do a love story where you can only be invested in one route. Sure, that makes total sense. Um, the there's a couple of things that I want to touch on with. With regards to Tapring, which you're absolutely correct, their relationship doesn't go well. Um, I suspected so. <laughs> the original, the original series, um, the first and only time we meet Tapring is when they break up. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun! Yeah, um, and it's an episode called uh, "A Mock Time," and they recreated that pretty much that scene in this episode. Spock's um, yes. nightmare is essentially that scene. Um, it's it's um, I'm sure you've seen the iconography Spock, but like uh, Spock sparks. Um, <laughs> but when um, the, the, when they're fighting with their, with like the, the weapons in the nightmare um, that's reminiscent of when Spock and Kirk were fighting when Spock mm-hmm. was under the influence of the pond far, which is like, they're, they're like once every seven years, they like go crazy with emotion and they're like, Oh my God, I just got a bone. And so they just have to, they just have to fight it out or they have to F it out. And, uh, Spock or sometimes up, both. Or sometimes both. Spock <laughs> ends up thinking he kills Kirk. And which mm. like right, the anyway, there's a lot of they've recreated that set pretty much pretty much like right on. Like it's a, it's an incredible recreation. Um just kind of updated. And then the music, the music, Cookie, I don't know if you noticed, but it oh, is I the did. music. Trust it is the music from that episode and it's still was, intense. I was so excited. Zara looked at me like I was insane because I, I was like, oh my God, they did the music. And Zara's like, this isn't a rock concert. What are you doing? 
I the same thing. Like I while that happened, like I was like, oh my god, oh my god. I paused. I'm like, babe, you have no idea. This is from the original series. Like this is crazy how this is happening. I'm like just listen, just listen. And she's like, okay. It's like I don't get it. <laughs> and and I what, what I'm hoping what I'm hoping is that your experience with this sparks is that like just because you didn't catch any of the references happening in the beginning, it didn't impede your enjoyment of that scene like it still worked yeah that's that's yeah absolutely yeah i I mean like you got everything you need there which is like seeing um ethan peck in human form (laughs) is is a jarring moment of (laughs) oh yeah this is what he looks like and (laughs) having that fight spot like i i all of it works like all of it thematically is i'm able to track all of it i get what what we're doing without needing to know what we're what we're homaging that comes later yeah right yeah i Uh, guess setting up in a sense the uh cut that that um like uh vulcan spock inflicts on uh human spock is Uh the same cut from that that spock puts on kirk yeah so like there's a lot of there's a lot in in this episode i was like oh they did the thing right got it this this isn't a strong like testament to the writing and to the writers themselves for making it so that people who are like all three of us have different different mentalities when it comes to Star Trek. Like mm-hmm. of course Brandon is top tier. I'm probably like lower middle. Um and then Sparky lower down below. Unfortunately. <laughs> I am I am a noob. <laughs> you are a noob. And it's like each one of us still can enjoy the series and we're all getting different things from it, which is really great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think um kind of referencing like how Stranger Worlds like I think the thing I know that grabbed me about the trailer, like they were well-made trailers marketing this show. But part of it is, oh, it's that Orville feeling. I like yeah. the Orville, which is more a testament to the fact that the Orville in the modern age was doing Star Trek classic well. Yeah. Right? That's that's my assessment of that. But this show picks up on doing what the Orville was doing well to also do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... I've talked about it before, but like when Akiva Goldsman was doing an interview for Strange New Worlds and he was like, he came on board. I don't normally like Akiva Goldsman, so I don't really like throwing praise his way. But like when he was like, he was like, I was brought on to Discovery when Brian Fuller was doing the show. And um, if you remember, Discovery was developed by Brian Fuller initially. And he was like, I was I was very confused what they were doing. Like, why didn't we why don't we just do okay, we're doing a prequel, so it's about spock number one and pike but it wasn't about that and so like he spent all these years trying to get basically strange new worlds because like this is the show we should have been doing in the first place mm-hmm. like we should like in his opinion they never should have done discovery they should have always done strange new worlds and i think he's right i think to- i think discovery probably having not watched it at all mm-hmm. um i think discovery probably had more merit if it had stayed brian fuller's baby Sure. Because that's that's Fuller, right? Fuller likes to put his own voice into a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think like had he seen that through, we probably would have been pretty probably would have been pretty happy with the results. But because he had to leave the project. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I think that that is what makes Discovery kind of feel like a lackluster choice. Because um, I don't not that Fuller couldn't have done this show, but I understand why Fuller wouldn't do this show. Right. You know, when he did the Munsters remake, mm-hmm. where he tried to do the Munsters remake, it was very different than the Munsters. Right. And I understand that, like, 
if he's not if he's not able to write it his own way because he's trying to actually make something that leads to classic trek right mm-hmm. that's not really fuller's thing like he would want to take everything in his own in his own direction so he wanted to get kind of away from that that makes sense to me sure you got a really good point and there's also uh, the sense that we know that discovery when it was when brian fuller was developing it it was an anthology show every season was going to be set in a different decade of star trek right um so like you know discovery could have been a would have been a very different show if right. alex kurtzman didn't do a coup yeah <laughs> but anyway let's yeah. get back to this episode so uh cookie okay. brought up cookie brought up ortegas earlier and i wanted to touch on that because ortegas is one of my favorites who we haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with yet and i'm still Mine kind too. of waiting for my like ortegas episode mm-hmm. um but i'm glad that we at least got like more relationship stuff with ortegas here yeah i really like her she has a lot of my standouts in pretty much every episode last episode she's got a lot of great stuff when she's just being the pilot of the enterprise there's the one in the first episode where she's where she's just like uh man every time i'm on the every time i'm in the chair mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like something goes wrong whenever she's acting cap- captain yes yeah i really uh, enjoy that character so i'm glad that they they made this relationship with chapel happen to to be fun yeah, I just, I just, I, like know, I, just I just hope that it was more than just a friendship, you know? Sure. I mean, like, who knows? I, I know. I just, I, we'll talk about Chapel. I, I, I really like Chapel in this show. She's, she quickly, a lot of these characters, it's like I've known them for years. It's like mm-hmm. I'm watching a show I've, I've been watching for many, many seasons. And like every episode, I'm like, this is a character I love. There is not one character I dislike. I even recognize the ensign who gets caught with the Bolian uh, uh, when she's like, um, she's the communications officer. And I knew that because of how good this show is at just letting you know who these characters are right away from the get. Um, And Chapel has benefited a lot from it. And I've mentioned before that I just don't like Chapel from the original series. I think she's a, a poorly written character. Um, and I, one of the reasons is because most of the time she's always pining after Spock. Um, yeah. It's, it's important to remember that Star Trek was still a show created in the, in the sixties and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, as progressive as it can be, it still wasn't always. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of accidental regression that happened in the show because it was written by a bunch of men who really just, you know, it's hard to un, it's hard to rewrite your brain who lived in a different time, who lived in a different time. And like, yeah. that's not to say there aren't, there aren't great women who worked on Star Trek. DC Fontana is a wonderful writer who worked on Star Trek for many years. Um, but whenever it came to chapel, there was, there's always like, Oh, Spock, I can't believe that you just don't love me. And I just, I'm, I'm just, she's just like throwing herself at her at, at Spock. And it's just, it never worked for me. Sure. Um, so when we get hints that like eh, Chapel's pretty hot for Spock, especially in this episode where it where it, it feels like we're learning how she like falls for him, like she always kind of thought she was he was attractive, but now we're kind of seeing him uh, her falling for Spock. I'm still I'm rubbing up against the like oh I don't want to I don't need this I kind of was hoping you would never do this. We have many years. <laughs> I mean that's the thing, right? Is like. 
how much are how much are they leaning into it now? Or are they just like planting the smallest of seeds? Because right. it's also important to recognize that like her whole thing in the episode is trying to help him with his potential engagement. Yeah. And like the the person who he's going to end up being with, like even as she's possibly developing some feelings of in, of liking Spock, like there's a whole trajectory of shit that can happen before she goes to the full blown. I think that just the saddest thing is like you can make this really cool character in Chapel here in the show, and like inevitably she's still going to end up that that lovelorn character. That's that's a lot of the show. A lot of tragedy happens in the show. Either either a lot of tragedy is leading to from these characters. Uh, either intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah, you just get to like all these. Ike. Yeah, you get to like all these characters. This is this is Clone Wars, and then you go to Star Trek, the classic series, which is Episode Three, and then all all of these characters you love die. <laughs> 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 Not necessarily that, but but like it's just tragic <laughs> endings of these characters that are developing really well. Yeah, it, it and it sucks because like we know what happens to Pike. Mm-hmm. Like, so is Pike's that so? I don't. So yeah. that's so the death he's seeing is how he dies. So it's not how he dies. It's just kind of how what happens to him. It's it's what happens to him. He was he was shown it in Star Trek Discovery. Okay, um, I assume and, that part. And in the original, so real quickly, uh, as quickly as I can make this. Sure. Uh, the original pilot introduces Pike. Right. And he's and he is the captain of the enterprise and it ends with him being like, okay, I'm, I'm better now. And that's where we meet him in discovery. But the original, the original series, when it was picked up proper, it didn't have Pike and at Kirk. So in order to Gene Roddenberry really liked the character of Pike. So in order to keep that, he recut the episodes into an episode of the original series mm-hmm. that showed that Pike actually wasn't an accident. Some years after we saw him in the, in the original pilot. And he was in a really bad accident where he was helping a bunch of cadets and it and it trapped him in a chair where he can no longer speak and he can no longer move on his own and he can only he can only talk through beeps okay there's a really like really bad gamma radiation that just like melted his face and like really scarred him badly uh-huh now he doesn't actually die because spock risks his whole career to take him back to the pl- to a planet mm-hmm. that will that he'll be able to live out his life seeming uh, in a, in a in a hallucination almost but as normal with a girl that he fell in love with in that original pilot okay so he only knows of the accident he doesn't know what happens after the accident okay but like we know and during that episode we see him kind of get back with this girl who is also completely like she's she's in a bad shape as well but because of the species that's on this planet uh they are able to they're able to kind of like it's it's all it's all pretty much warping like reality but like not it's all like a a thinly veiled disguise so she's like super disfigured but then she's but but she was is actually really pretty okay i'm with you yeah so it's it's really cool that we're getting that that we're getting we as i guess old followers know what happens to pike but seeing that torment happen bit by bit and kind of literally changes his attitude towards life, his mindset, everything that he does. And you're watching him try not to let that affect him. But ultimately he knows, Hey, this is when I'm going to die. So I can do whatever I want from here till then. Mm. You going to say something sparks? I mean, it's not about this episode and I feel like we should talk about this episode, No, but I was going to, but I was going to ask, how did you guys feel 
when Discovery did that? Before this I, happened, how did you feel about Pike knowing? So that's when I started watching Discovery because I had heard about it. I had heard about that scene happening and I was like, wait, what just happened? So I decided to watch Discovery because of that. Um, I actually really liked it. I thought it was a really powerful scene and Discovery season two is my favorite season. That's the best season that they've done so far. Um, and a lot of it has to do with Pike and his struggle and realizing that he, he, because it, it's kind of this tragic moment because he, if he takes this time crystal which they need to do time travel stuff. But if he takes this time crystal, his fate will be set. He will, he will not be able to avert what happens to him in the future. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, he, that won't happen to him. He can do something else. Mm -hmm. And so he decides, so he sees it and he decides that like, no, I'm Starfleet. I need to save these people. If I don't do this, people, more people will die. And he just kind of has this moment where he realizes it has to be done and he takes the crystal mm -hmm. it's a good episode no yeah uh i meant more in like the sense of what this means for the character of pike do you think that was that was a wise way to take the character in in the general sense now that we're seeing it actually play out in strange new worlds is it wise to have a captain yeah. who knows how he'll he'll end up yeah i definitely think so i think brandon and i talked about previously that we, we we have slightly different views on Discovery, and one of the good things that came about from Discovery was this show. And I don't think this show would have really took off the way that it did because of that episode. And that episode definitely was inherited into creating this. I, I definitely think, even though like they were seemingly done at the same time, from what I remember. If if I I if this show I think this show took the baton that was handed to them from discovery and, and did something good with it. There is a world where the show ignored it or they just kind of didn't do anything with it. And I would have a different opinion, but because yeah. what we saw in the first episode of the series, how it is affecting Pike, I actually think it becomes a really good character moment. He, he himself is constantly trying to stay on the path of, I got to be sure that uh, what happens leads me to these cadets so that they won't die. And we saw that in like the second episode of this, of the show where he's mm -hmm. like, I know their names. I need to make sure that I'm there to save them or else they'll die. Well, which also means like, isn't it no matter what he does, he's going to end up there. Yeah. Cause his fate is, is unmovable. Um, but he has the ability to choose what he wants to do because he, in the beginning of the episode, he really didn't want to go back to Starfleet. And Starfleet right. was like, no, we need you to come back. And he could easily go and say, all right, you need me to come back? Fine, I'll do this mission. I'm going to go back to my ranch and play with my horses. But mm -hmm. he continued on, and he's living out with Starfleet. So, glad they, so glad they brought back the horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think we're, probably not this season, but at some point we're going to get an episode where he's too risky? as a captain because he's confident this isn't where he dies that mm -hmm. he i think they should he puts they other people in danger should. i hope so yeah because yeah. that's going to be that's something that we we've talked about and it's like he has both sides of the coin that he can go to and there's going to be a point in time when he just says f it i'm going to do whatever i want and i'm hoping like i guess all of us are saying that that does happen where we can kind of see him check himself and realize okay this is not the route that I need to go down. Yeah, I know my fate's destined for whatever, but I'm not going to go down that route. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see an episode, second season, third season, whatever, 10th season, 
I Fudge do it. have a I question care. for you guys. Yeah. It is part of this episode, and I really like how they did this, was we talk about it where we're getting a lot of history on these characters and mm-hmm. getting to know their storylines. And I think this was a really good showcase of not just one character, but multiple characters in a good way. Last mm-hmm. uh, last episode, we talked about um, the doctor and his tragedy with his daughter and his daughter kind of staying mm-hmm. inside of this force field, keeping the tra- her alive. The, the transporter buffer. Transporter, yeah. So like this episode, we're getting number one, we're getting her interaction as a leader and her now trying to figure out, okay, am I really like that bad of a leader or that bad of uh, a number one? And it's like, no, you're not. You're just, you're, you're steadfast in your way. And you see her branching off and trying to be livelier, which is great. Yeah. I really liked number one and La'an together. Cause I don't necessarily think she's worried that she's a bad leader. It's just, she, when Mbenga is like, oh, the nickname. And everyone's like, what nickname? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Chief Kyle, if you please. <laughs> lost it. I lost it. That was so good. It's very good. Um, and, and then Ortega's like, oh, the yeomen just call you that. The yeomen are just mean. Don't worry about it. Um, but I think it's it's it, she's bothered by it because she she wants to still be in touch with what, what's happening on the lower decks, with what's happening. She She is the leader. She is the the number one, but she wants to. She doesn't feel want to feel like she's out of touch. No, no one likes to be told they're no fun. No, <laughs> no they don't. And they're like I even Laon, even Laon, like will be like, I don't care, but they care a little. Yeah, yeah. Laon, um, and Laon's whole thing where because like Laon wouldn't have done the Enterprise Bingo thing. By the way, that's a really good interrogation bit when they're just that like, was. what the hell is Enterprise Bingo? The fact <laughs> that, that they're funny. different approaches. Yeah. The good cat, good cop, bad cop, but like two different subjects. Yeah. Um, the so Laon has this thing where she where, where she's where she's talking to, to number one, and she's just like, I I I was gonna go you know retune the phaser harmonics, and and number one's like, I was gonna redo the duty roster, and she mentions that the empty ship is like Christmas, which is it is so rare to hear Christmas mentioned in Star Trek, and it's because that Gene Roddenberry. Grew up in a time where Christmas was still a religious institution. Sure. And because his opinion, his his steadfast opinion was there was no religion on earth in the 23rd century. By that point, there was no religion. Mm-hmm. So Chris, so there'd be no Christmas. Right. But because he couldn't foresee that Christmas has now no longer become a, a strictly re- religious institution, sure. I'm kind of happy to see that we're getting to the point where shows are not afraid to be like, you know. Christmas has evolved and it would continue to evolve and there would be a version of Christmas in the 23rd century. Mm-hmm. And I was happy to see that reference. It's, it's, it's such a small, it's a, I'm taking a lot out of one line admittedly, <laughs> but it it is, it, it was really cool to me because it's something I think about a lot. Like what would, because I think about how Christmas has evolved in, in our society and it would, and I feel like it would continue to keep doing so. Sure, especially once you go into space, like it ain't gonna right. stay the same, right? Um, even if we if we Te- lose religion, technically, technically, by doing all the things Starfleet does, don't you eliminate all the grounds of the Jesus Christness of Christmas? Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, it would have to change. There's like just about every single holiday that has some form of religious background to it is obsolete. Mm-hmm. You, right, you've passed, you surpassed what gods can do. Right, but. If you, but because how, because of how many of our, let's be honest, 
hun- millions of people celebrate Christmas who don't who aren't Christian. Sure, of course, yeah. I celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I think that that would still be. I think. I don't think we're at the point where we're going to get a Christmas episode of Star Trek yet, but I do think the door is being opened, and that kind of makes me excited. Sure. Do you think people will get upset about that though? If we one hundred percent, one hundred percent, they will get upset about that because there's going to be so many different cultures that are like, really, what about Hanukkah or what about Kwanzaa or what about Atheist Day? I don't know if there's an Atheist Day. Well, what about this? What about that? Like they're going to be all hating. It's like every hey, guys, that's every day is one. Atheist Day. <laughs> every day they wake up and go don't need to pray anybody today <laughs> it's atheist day baby yeah atheist day today atheist day every day so yeah it's um, like it, i definitely get what you're saying I, I i never even thought of that at all there was there was a thing where uh, i listened to a podcast from uh neil degrasse tyson and mm-hmm. of course we all know he's a super scientist genius and he's also an atheist and he used to go and say like different people like godspeed and he ended up having to go and actually explain what that was because people are like, oh, you're an atheist. You can't say God's people. He's like, first off, I can say God. I can say Jesus. I can say Buddha. I can say whatever I want. Doesn't mean I believe in it, but God's people has nothing to do with that. And I really like that you actually brought that up because I honestly would have never thought like, well, Christmas really has evolved quite a bit from when it was in the 40s to what it is in the 30th century. Mm-hmm. And even beyond that. Hold on. This isn't discovery. We're not in the 30th century. If I mean, if it's here, it's bound to be also on discovery. Well, actually, that's a good question. There's too many wars. I don't, I don't want to get into that. You don't there's too many wars. There's too many happen. wars between the 23rd century and the 32nd century. We don't need to do that. So I said that, like, this is the, the slowest episode of the season. And it, mm-hmm. it, it is in the sense that, like, this is very much like... um. This is like the go to the beach episode of an anime. Yes. Right. You know, it's 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 the vacation kind of episode. Like there's a mission, but the mission is pretty low stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really like about that is the reason it's happening is because the setup is that we're following right after the previous episode and they need to repair the ship because they yeah. need to repair the ship. And I'm really glad that's what we're doing rather than just like and a few weeks later, the ship was fine. And here we are on another. <laughs> right. You know, um, I, I really appreciate that that's the the setup for it and then bringing in like the negotiations that need to happen while most of the crew goes on vacation and then spock and to do their freaky friday the um <laughs> so captain pike is wearing a beautiful green tunic i'm so happy you brought this up thank you because i didn't want to bring it up but so I'm happy did. so happy they did that. I, Kirk, I saw that. I'm like, Brandon's got to be so thrilled just to see that. Kirk wore it in the original series. Yes. Archer wore it in Enterprise. Yes. And now we got Pike wearing it. And it's it's so beautiful. It's it, it's exactly how I imagined of like a modern version of it would be yeah. because they still have it wrapped around with the like the, with like the, the Delta little, clip yes. on the side. I'm just like, they did it. Those Mark, crazy sons of bitches, they so did funny. it. Like I look at the show and it's like the small things, small little details get us so happy. And I'm like, I I just I was literally watching it and I'm, I'm like, I'll to pause and tell my wife, like, I bet you if I send a message to Brandon right now and say, Hey, you like the green suit, he's gonna be like, dude, that was so awesome. <laughs> I'm very I'm very easy to please. <laughs> I I understand that it apparently looks very stupid in the original <laughs> series. I think, looks, I think it looks great on Anson Mountain. <laughs> I did too. I'll, I'll show you a picture of it, actually. 
it, it's um, very weird because it it comes out of left field when you first see it on on him. It just it looks so weird. But this one, because they've literally modernized it, it looks so much better and yeah. it looks very regal. That's yeah, the original looks, series. Well, it looks better on Mount, but Mount looks good in anything. Yeah, he's. But then again, then again, the man's ninety years old. I'm sure if he put that on, it might be a little tight on him, but he can still rock it. I think I think it looks fine on Kirk. It looked a little loose on Archer, um, but it looks brilliant on. I love how they modernized it. It's definitely a darker green, but they've got like a. It's got like a shine on the arms. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm so happy they did that. I never thought they would. Like, why would you do something like that? But they, but they did a good job. They did it. They did. I love the I love the the empathizers. Uh, I forget the name of their species. Ron Rongovians, I think. Rongovians. Uh, yeah, I really like them. That they they seem all stern, but the moment they are engaging with Pike, they adapt Pike's energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all cheering. He's like, "This is weird." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Hey, Bob, you ready to celebrate?" It's like, "No." It's like, "Hmm, yeah. what happened?" Yeah. And the writing goes back to the writing again because when the end happens during the a negotiation, I was like, "What just happened?" And then Ensign or um, Pike explains everything, and he's like, "And I was like, wow, the writing on this is top notch." They just they just wanted someone to see their point of view. That's my it. one of my favorite moments is Pike stepping in to vouch for Spock to Spock, but mm-hmm. to bring, uh huh. But um, the way that that catches the Rongovians off guard. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not interfering on behalf of Starfleet. And they're like, that's acceptable. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Because he, what I love about that, I love that whole speech where he's just like, where he's talking to Spock, to Spock and he's just like, you are the, you. If you want to know what the Federation has to value, it's you. You are, you are, you are what the Federation, you are the, the very best of the Federation of Starfleet. And to Pring, as Spock, you see she's starting to cry. Mm-hmm. She can't hold back her emotions. Right. And I, the body she's in is partially human. Right. And I really like I really like seeing that kind of like holding back of tears coming from a Vulcan. Um and, and realizing that Tapring has this moment where she realizes that like it's not easy for Spock. It's never yeah. been easy for Spock. Mm-hmm. And so that, that kind of like helps her kind of back back down when they have the moment at the end when she's able to when they're able to kind of be like you know it's starfleet accept me for who i am and i punched your guy (laughs) um but the another moment that i really love is when the rongovians fly the federation flag yeah there's at the end wow solar sailor beautiful ship yeah they stole a beautiful ship from count dooku i thought they did a great i stole the words right out of my mouth because i am so glad there's another star wars person on here (laughs) i have to hold back all my star wars analogies when i'm talking to brandon so you don't have to hold back anything you (laughs) my star wars lore is like it's up there because i read the novels i like star wars yeah brandon loves star trek more yeah he does but he likes star wars quite a bit pull out a star wars ship i'll wait Cookie, you need to understand that this is this is impressive because Brandon spent the first good chunk of the podcast, like at least the first half, saying, not really a Star Wars fan. I watch Star Wars, but I'm not really a Star Wars fan. And he's like watched almost all of Star Wars that's out and yeah. reads most of the comics and books. <laughs> I like what I like. 
Yeah, I know. I, it's just like, I'm glad that you are finally at like, I like Star Wars. <laughs> Instead You're of just being it. like, well, I watch Star Wars. Here, here's here's a Star Wars ship. That is. Anyway. Um, so actually, just gonna, it's actually a reference to Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Because the 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 Bajorans had space flight before the Cardassians, and in an episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, Cisco realizes that this. a a uh, that the Bajorans used to used to travel the stars in solar sailors that yeah. used the sun to to to, to 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 guide them um, before warp travel was invented, and uh, that's the that's the reference I immediately went to. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if you also saw that, Sparks. Nope. My, I, saw, I saw Count Dooku's ship. <laughs> I, literally, I'm not even going to lope. Even though Deep Space Nine is probably one of my favorite Star Trek, I literally immediately went to Count Dooku. Sure. Instantly, it, and I was like... It's a, it's a, it's, it's a small episode. It's, it's, so Jake and, Jake and Cisco fly the solar sailor from Bajor to Cardassia I to remember, prove that... Yeah. To prove that it had been done because the Cardassians didn't want to, didn't want you, it on what? I need you to tell me that the Cardassians don't look humanoid. Please tell me that. They, they, they do. They spoons don't. on their head. Is that it? They're humans, oh, no. but they have. Let me show you a Cardassian. Okay, that'd be great. I just need to know that there's no world where someone can eventually say the Cardassians are the Kardashians evolved <laughs> down the line because I really need to know that. Yeah, it's already happened. Look, they don't look like they're Romulans or they're. Here's Gold Ducat. Yeah. Okay. That's far enough away. It's probably fine. Yeah. They're uh, they're kind of they're kind of reptilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the episode that Brandon is talking about, there is I, I do remember too, where it's like a father-son bonding moment, and you're trying to get um Jake to really adapt and be one with his brother, or one with his father again after like their mother passed away and reconnection of them at a different age period in his life. Yeah, here um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ship. Yeah. So this one was definitely on a larger scale, but I I thought as well. This like, one, okay, this one folds out the same way as the Dooku one. With it does. The, the front piece. It, it drives so slow, and it's like I wonder how long they actually live because traveling from planet to planet must take a really long time. Well, the thing is, like they're moving away from a station. I'm sure they can pick up speed once they're further out of the juncture. As long as there's a sun to pull from. Well, well, yeah, that's what I think the lights are. I think this one's actually pretty ingenious because it looks like there are lights, like uh, what I think are UV lights that are propelling it forward. Oh, that are that was what, the that's ship. what I read, too. Yeah, and Got I think it. that that they just have it charged up, then they they can probably go to hype to, to hyper speed. Probably this is called, little... called warp travel. Thank Whatever you. it's called here in <laughs> Star Trek land. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the ship itself, um, on Enterprise, the, the actual metal blocking that they had on there the, is the, that the, the first hull? time they ever mention it the hull yeah, but oh, that, yeah. Just, i didn't know what he's the talking about the one just the one the, one the piece that they go and sign oh the scorch, yeah, scorch. The scorch. okay so i had never ever been mentioned ever before or is that the first time i don't know if it has i don't think so um they make a mention that it's um like the the oldest piece of hull that's never been replaced mm-hmm. um which i find highly unlikely considering the damage that ship sustains right um, but I thought that was a cool concept. Um, 
that there's just this piece of hull that has been on the ship for so long that just crewmen have been signing for debt for like maybe since it launched in 2245. Would have been would have been cool to get close up see Archer on there. Oh man. He he was a, hey, you you don't know. You don't know. Archer was alive when the Enterprise launched. He was like a hundred, but he was alive. Mm-hmm. He could have done it. Yeah, you would have rolled out on his wheelchair. And well, because he was, according to I don't I don't know according to lore, the so Archer, Archer was the first president of the Federation when the Federation was founded in the twenty one sixties, and he would continue to be alive until the launch of the, of the enterprise in 2245. And then he apparently died like the day after. Oh, wow. And some kind of poetic justice. Cause you know, he was the first enterprise captain and then Robert April would, was the first of the constitution class enterprise. Right. By the way, we get Robert April back. So happy. He's not just one, one episode. Very good. Very, very good stuff. I like that guy. I'm so glad he's he's on the show more. And he when he when Pike gets up, he's like, "Chris, what are you doing?" <laughs> Very yeah, good. I thought I thought he was good. I, I'm glad that we had him. Yeah, I think they do a really good job with with all the character stuff. Um, I like them going out to the scorch and seeing seeing the sailor and like the the idea being, you know, if you hadn't done it, you wouldn't have been able to be here and see yeah. something that that beautiful and like that they get to enjoy that. It's nice. Yeah, I like uh, I really liked Laon and uh, Una's subplot when they're doing all the Enterprise bingo and the the one that got me was the was the one of the turbo lift when they're like bridge engineering and just figure out where the turbo lift yeah. is going to go. And them shooting themselves that was funny. That was, that was really... so that the the one that you brought up, Brandon is mm-hmm. is the is really funny. That was the one where I'm like, well, but they are having fun. Or they, they are, or they wouldn't be challenging each other to keep doing it. So I'm like, it kind of works against the the thing that's like they hadn't been having fun up to that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you were definitely having fun with one of those. <laughs> yeah, I I think the the um, I think the the shooting kind of like mm-hmm. like maybe Laon it, it killed the fun, and Laon was like, you know, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Oh, there's a cool reference to the original to the animated series in this episode. The non-canon um, animated series. The uncanon animated series that sometimes can be made canon when the writer decides so. Right. Um, the the so Spock says when he's talking to Chapel the first time when they're in the 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 restaurant on Starbase, he says, "I used to have a pet called Achaya." That's from the animated series. We see Spock's childhood and he had this like saber tooth beast that was just like a cat that he would have. It was this big saber tooth cat um, named Achaya. Um, and I thought that was cool. Hmm. I actually think it was referenced in a movie once, but I can't remember. It's fun. It's fun that Strange New Worlds will with one hand be like animated series. Isn't that nice canon? And then with another hand be like animated series. That's not canon at all. <laughs> That's the thing about, about the animated series for decades. It's just, you know, writers will just be like, this part's canon. This part's canon. This part's canon. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just the old Star Wars extended universe now. It pretty much. I mean, that's true. That's actually true because like you, they'll take anything from the old expanded universe to repurpose for canon now, but they won't ever say that that's canon. I think there's also like some things where 
if like if the story's good and they never interfere in any way with it, they'll be like, yeah, sure, that's canon. Yeah, a lot of side stories about side small characters in Star Wars. Yeah. I can, I can. You know what? If they wanted to, if they wanted to re-release the animated series with a recolored Robert April, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's a very white man. <laughs> anyway um okay um i'm really happy that the show ended up with some fun i think that we needed it after especially at the last episode the last episode was so dramatic and great and wonderful and i'm glad we get some fun the stuff between spock and Pring. it's very, i don't think there's a there's a missed beat in this episode yeah they yeah. did everything good that we even get, we even get uh, just a brief moment of a manga just fly fishing. Just that's all we need. Just him <laughs> dramatically fly fishing. That was, was good. good. It was it a was little bit of a, like, uh, oh okay, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, he he got to do it. Good job. I assumed once he left with the hat, he was gonna get to do it. <laughs> right. There's um, I, we didn't see the girl that that chapel was talking to him him about, which I thought was interesting. They set that up, and they don't really pay that off. Um, I do really like seeing the characters. I mentioned this in the first episode, maybe the second episode, but I do really like seeing the characters in a um, casual wear that actually looks like casual wear people would wear mm-hmm. and not the weird whatever jumpsuits they used to put in in the classic Star Trek shows. Sure. Yeah. Um, Chapel's outfit, uh, her like raincoat looks like something that would be made in the 23rd century, but also like something that we would wear now. Like you could, you could conceivably see that being worn today. Sure. I thought that was, uh, it's just, it's just that kind of thing that makes that the modern Star Trek shows specifically have been doing to make it feel like real people live here mm-hmm. and not just like ideas. Um, is I think that I, I think it was admirable that like, Gene Roddenberry thought we'd all wear Technicolor unitards when we weren't on a spaceship, but <laughs> that was unrealistic from the jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we're we're finally in a, in a place where we can just be like, you know what? They still have hoodies in the 23rd century. Whatever. Um, two moments I wanted to spotlight. Uh, I really liked when Chapel thought Chapel and Ortegas thought that Tapring was coming over to to like Vulcan a new knock her in. out or something. Yeah. <laughs> like like just thought she was coming to get her. <laughs> she looks, she looks pissed. What I should tell you yeah. something. I did something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm just really glad that Spock and Dupring's thing was resolved through science. That mm-hmm. more importantly, that it was resolved through not, ah, I learned lesson. Oh, and then oh, sure. bodies. I'm glad yeah. that that's not the route we went with it. Yeah. I really like, I really like Mbenga in general, but like there's a bit where where Chapel says to Mbenga, like, you know, they're going to Vulcan nerve pitch us if we don't get this right. And he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> also, he's like, I've been waiting to use this for forever. Yeah, it's going to be Federation standards. Just you wait. Just is this goop? No. Okay. No, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wondered, is that if that was a tease up? Like, it is. It is Federation standard. No, I've never seen that before. I like that Mbenga is this kind of like old worldy doctor. Borderline mad scientist. Borderline mad scientist. Yeah, like I like that he's because no offense, Bones is a shit doctor. 
Um, he's he's not a good doctor. He doesn't know how any alien. But he's a great friend. He's a great friend, and he, look, he he's has a good doctor. no bedside manner. He has no bedside manner. More than that, he has no idea how to handle an alien. When there's an alien on the bed, he's like, I don't know what to do with this guy's anatomy. It's like, dude, you're in Starfleet. What the hell? Um, but Mbenga, who's like, ah, I study Vulcan Vulcan um, bodies, and now I anatomy. and I and I've got like I've got this goop that can use for this, and I'm just like, yeah, I like this guy. He's cool. He's got his daughter in the transporter buffer. Um, there's a bit where he says, um, there's a bit in this episode where. Spock and Pring, when their their katras are being transferred, they start screaming. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more unnerving than a Vulcan screaming, mm. like in and pain. They don't show emotions, but like just they don't show emotions. And to get to the point where they're screaming, you you gotta know that's that it's some pain that they're yeah. that they're going through. They did that sure. in the. There's an episode in the. The first episode, like Spock, like screams because his ears are, are turning back. Yeah, and that was also unnerving. Also, in this episode, after his nightmare, really bad ear prosthetic. Yes, yes, the back of it was like, why is it so shiny and why is it, it discolored? It's because they didn't because he's flushed because he, like his face is flushed because he's like he just woke up from a nightmare so his face is flushed, but, but the ears, ears aren't. Yeah. Mm, I just like I didn't though. notice that. That's fair. It's like it stuck out to me the second time because I watched this just like an hour ago. Oh, like I it, see. It, it stuck out to me the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I think that's. Oh, Chief Kyle is mean. Chief, <laughs> the, tr- the transporter chief. Oh, he was oh, funny. Yeah. He wasn't mean. No, it's because there's this, like you're gonna ha- for your punishment. Your short leave is canceled, and you're gonna have to do a rotation with Chief Kyle. It's like, no, he's so mean. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Chief Kyle is mean, apparently. I guess if you're, nice if you're under him, him I guess so. It's uh, yeah. That's that was that was a funny that was a funny revelation. Um, I still can't get over his name on the internet as Transporter Twink. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Isn't it pretty good though? <laughs> it was great. Uh, all right. Um, I, I guess I. I guess I don't have much else other than I guess I don't have much else in my notes. There's something that I miss in the show that I hope they kind of go back to, um, which is that uh, in order to communicate through the ship, you have to push a button in the original series. Um, And I hope that we kind of go back to that because I miss I miss going up to a wall panel and just pushing a button and talking through the the speaker. Mm -hmm. It's a small thing. Sure. Okay. Yeah, not a dense episode, but a good episode. Yeah, I think so. I, I I really like this episode so far. The season, um, a friend of mine on uh, a, a a Facebook a Facebook group that I'm part of asked the question: Do we think this is like the best first season of Star Trek? And like, boy howdy, I don't know what would be a contender because like all every first season of Star Trek is rocky, but this one so far has just been firing on all cylinders. Every episode has been well-written and well and a lot of fun. And I love the cast. This is a damn good season of Star Trek. Would Lower Decks be the only exception? I think Lower Decks season two is much better than season one. Right. But is season one good? Yeah, yeah I think season one is pretty good. 
I think this yeah. one definitely hits more home because it's live action. I think for sure. A lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, and people would people would say that that Prodigy so far is a strong season. It's, it's oh. not over yet. It's not sure. over yet. Have you been watching it, that? It's off the air right now. But but you have been watching it. Yeah, I watched the first ten episodes. Gotcha. It's a it's good. I don't I don't love it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's good. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with this particularly. Um, do you think you just don't love it because it's aimed at children? I, that could be part of it. Um, it's what I mean. What I mean by that isn't to say like you're disregarding it because it's made by children, but the fact that like where it's not meeting you is because it's not made for you. Yeah, I think that's probably probably it. Um, sure. I do enjoy it. I like some. I like some of the characters, but probably something you'd enjoy more watching it with a child. Like it's made probably. for Star Trek parents to watch with their kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think so. Lower Decks, uh, I think is is great. Uh, I, if I remember that first season was pretty good, uh, but this has just been like. That's the thing is like I remember when Lower Decks season one was coming out, you were raving about it then, so it had to be pretty solid. Even if season two apparently surpassed it. Yeah, I mean, it must have been. It's been it's just been a while. Sure. Um, th- this season, though, is just like, man, I just I'm so sad we're already had halfway. Yeah. Ten episodes is uh, a little sad just because it's good. It's good. Time. Yeah, I would have. I would like, man, give me five, give me five more episodes. You make at Discovery least, stretch to 13. At least we know that a season two is already on the way. Yeah. And I hope that the the reception to Strange New Worlds has been it has been so positive. And I hope it means that we'll see a season three renewal soon. Yeah, I think that it's also going to. Just my observation, I think that the positive reaction to Strange New Worlds is going to make them recognize where a shift in Star Trek maybe needs to happen in general. Probably with what they're doing with the shows, mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to Discovery, which season five would start filming soon, I would imagine. And I think that we could probably be seeing that shift happen in that show. Mm-hmm. It's already too late for Picard. They've already done their, their last season's already filmed and in the can. Yeah. Picard's, Picard's set on its path one way or another. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm so happy that this show is good. I'm so happy that you like it, Sparks. Mm. And that, you, yeah. that you're watching it. Um, there's a note that I put in here. That I just saw that I can't remember. Oh, well. Well, you can look for it for a moment. Cookie, you you real yeah. happy with the episode this season? Yeah, so far it's been really, really great. Um, it's something that I, I've enjoyed a lot uh, as a Star Trek fan and kind of going back and seeing seeing Pike's adventure and Pike's storyline is something that I've enjoyed. I said it in the beginning of uh, the season where, as a kid for me, Pike scared the crap out of me. When I first saw him in the wheelchair, his face is deformed. He's using like the beeps and the lights to just give you an answer of yes or no. And him going to the planet, I had nightmares as a kid. And like now I still have like, I wouldn't say nightmares, but I still like, I go, that's kind of scary. But it's it's so good to redeem. Yeah. That's Pike in the, in the original series. I see. So it's so good to like kind of redeem that quality that I had of him and show a, a different side of him, which I'm enjoying. I love, like, I, I can't rave it enough. I love the writing that's been going on. Um, character development has been great. I think very much like you guys, I, I do want more. I, I wish we can go back to the old ways of having, like, 24 episodes. But, of course, having the budget for all of this and just put it on a 24-episode platform would be amazing. But it's not going to happen, but it would be amazing. No. I'm, I'd be happy for five more episodes. The the to your point, 
to some of the things you said, Cookie, it's just I think one of the things that helps with the show is that the cast is clearly having a blast. Yeah. And they're they're having such a good time that you feel it, and so you you feel like you're having a good time with them. Every episode feels like you're reconnecting with old friends. Yeah, and that's something that Discovery tried but failed at miserably. I think was the family aspect, which we've talked about. But many they'll times. they'll tell you that they didn't. Yeah, but this one you can clearly see that everybody has this family camaraderie on and off, as far as like being. Um, on duty and off duty. You see that through and through. Yeah. Maybe Discovery Season 5 will get better because of this. I truly Fingers think crossed. That all Discovery needs to do, and I've said it before, all Discovery needs to do is put in some episodic episodes within your story, within your storyline, so that we get to know some of the characters. That's all they need to do. And I think they'll drastically improve that show. Sure. Um, but I found what I was gonna say. Um, that's a go ahead and say your point, and then I'll I'll piggyback. No, if, if that, that it's more relevant, it's not. Well, I was going to say, like, having that, this is an episodic episode, right? Mm. That's why it's a slightly slower episode, that kind of thing. And I think, like, it's good because the characters are still being explored. They're still telling us things. I don't necessarily want to say, like, episodic is always good because mm-hmm. there's plenty of shows, like, I don't know, many of the superhero shows on the CW that have recently been canceled. Um <laughs> No, that's not true. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Arrow specifically. Like, Arrow is full of episodic episodes that just aren't doing anything. Yeah. You know, they're not furthering anything. So it's it's having episodes like this, yes, where you can break away from, like, a main plot, but you've got to be doing something with the time with the characters. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about with the Discovery. That's what I think they need to do. Sure, can, sure. You can keep your serialized story. I like your serialized story, but like every now and then, let's take a break from the serialization yeah. and just tell a story about someone else on the bridge. This this was just more a point of like, this is a perfect example. This episode is a perfect example of episodic yep. storytelling done that's still developing character. Yeah. Um, a couple of things about Chapel that I've tried to mention up top. Um, I really like how sex positive she is. Mm-hmm. That's just really great. I think that it's great to to kind of have a sex positive character um, when she's just like, "Hey, we you know we don't have to stay here. We can just go. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can just we I'm can ready. just leave." And Dever's like, "No, no, I've been I on want, a ship for far too long. I want to talk about us." Um, and then uh, there there's a lot of I look. I I'm I'm here for I'm here for for uh, non queer friendships. Like if, if women want to be friends, wonderful. Um, I. Which is really think that Chapel and Ortegas have such good chemistry that it that is that is something you've got to explore. There was a twinkle. I don't know if you guys saw it. There was a twinkle in Chapel's eye. There was there was certainly a twinkle, but I think the refer- I think the mention I think it's meant to be that the twinkle is because she's thinking about Spock. Spock, yeah, I think so as well. Uh who do you think would be chasing who? At Ortegas or Chapel? Mm-hmm. Ortegas feels like would be chasing a chapel. I think so as well. Are you sure? Because I feel like Ortegas can get it. Oh, she can get it. She can That's get the thing. It, like think... she just she just has to happen to catch Chapel's eye away from Spock, and I think Ortegas can get it without putting a lot of work into it. Oh, that's that's a good point. But Chapel's very much anti relationship. Yeah, she just wants to bone and get out. Sure. Which I'm... I don't think Ortegas would mind. I think they would just bone on a consistent basis. Yeah, that's true. Probably. I, I hope think we're... I think Ortegas is Chapel is trying to live a life that's like not getting too involved and and like that's a focus for her that she wants to live that way. And Ortegas is just like moving with the wind, doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Ortegas I... is not the chaser. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get an Ortega's episode soon. Me too. This one was, this one was definitely a Spock episode. Yeah. Um, you could hoping... argue that it's a, it's a, it's a Spock and Chapel episode. It's a Tapring episode. It's a, uh, it's a uh, one and Lana uh, on uh, episode. And it's really like catering to those characters more than anybody else. Yeah. Ortega's um, happens to come along for the ride, but we're fleshing out those four specifically. It's true. I, I, I just hope that like, I like that character. I like that actor. Got it. Mm-hmm. I hope we get a, we get a, I'm sure it's coming. There's enough, there's enough real estate left in this, in this, in this season to do an episode. Right. Um, did you ever see, so real quick, Sparks, did you ever see the librarians TV show? No. Oh, okay. Uh, there's an actor. Did you see the librarians TV show cookie? I love the librarians. I thought that's such a great show. It reminded me of like the sci-fi channel with a hint more budget. And I, I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed I, it. I will I will tell you I made the mistake of watching the like first movie. Uh-huh. That did not make me want to watch the show. Yeah, I like the second movie more. Well, that's fine. I didn't see it. That first movie wasn't <laughs> very good. That's my point. I started in the wrong place. Rebecca Remain, who plays number one, is on that show. Yeah. Um there's an actor. Do you remember the actor uh Cookie, the redhead, who no. could like see things with her mind? Not at all. I it's been Come so on. long since I've watched that show. What a, well, she's in the next episode. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Once I see her face, I'll probably be like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I even I even like that main guy who only shows up in TNT stuff. Um, I forget his name. Noah Wiley? Yeah. Yeah. I he even like him, that. but that first movie, man, that was rough. He was in, uh, what's that, Falling Skies? Falling Stars? Falling? Yes, Falling Skies. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? No. I didn't think you did. I watched that show all the way through. That was a solid alien invasion show. That's cool. I, I always wanted to, but frankly, I... frankly, that's the show I wish they would make of Terminator, which is basically yeah. about human beings trying to figure out what to do in a world where the aliens already run everything. Oh, Just yeah. do that I with mean, Terminator. It's pretty good. Uh, we're never getting Sarah Connor Chronicles again, so no. And like I, I, yeah, I think I think Falling Size was very interesting with the way that it figured it figured out war efforts. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about <laughs> for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode five, Spock Amok. Mm-mm. All right, guys. This was great. So happy we're here. Cookie, plug your stuff. Right. Um, got a podcast, just a little podcast. You can find me uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts on Tuesday. I drop a new episode, so check it out. I'm going to have an interview with a writer. Um, he's actually working with uh, Reggie Collects. Um, they're actually working on a comic book. They just released it. So it's out for pre-order right now. I'm going to be talking with him on the comic and exploring comics as a whole, which is always great to go and talk about. Um, my Patreon, I have the new show where I'm covering over Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hopefully I'll bring in the Harry Potter series again soon. And then I have uh, History Through Star Wars as well, which is a great show. Hopefully I'll get another episode out of that soon. You can find me here as well. So yeah, that's me. Very cool. Uh, of course, guys, this is Fake Nerds Watch. You can check out all sorts of shows on this channel. If you like this video, and subscribe to this channel. Check out Fake Nerds Watch. Cookie mentioned Obi-Wan Kenobi. We also have an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, episode. The Fake Nerd Boys, we get together and we talked about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's up now. As well as plenty more Strange New Worlds. Stranger Things, that's up. Mm-hmm. That's up. So you can check out, we talked about the first part about Stranger Things. And probably our quickest turnaround for Stranger Things so far. Oh, 100%. Quickest. Yeah. 
I, I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm stunned. We got those seven episodes watched by all four of us and recorded an episode about it within a week. And released the same week. Cannot believe that. Um, so that's up. You can check that out, of course. Um, and plenty more Fickner's Watch shows are coming. There's Miss Marvel. There's The Boys. There's Umbrella Academy. There's more Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. What, where's our time going? And of course, there'll be plenty more Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And whenever Lower Deck Season 3 starts, we'll get we'll go there too. Yeah. So check out all sorts of things like that. And of course, you can check out other shows such as Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, which just put up a new episode where Sparks and I take over Basement Arcade Pause Menu and talk about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yes, we did. We stole that show. We stole that show from, from our good friend, Bed Magnet. Um, and you can check out Animation Station and Fickner Book Club, all of which have episodes on this channel. Or And of course, guys, there's the Fickner Podcast, which is our mothership show. Um, we, we talk about all sorts of things on that channel, on that show. We talk, we go live every Sunday about 8 or 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we go live every Sunday, and we talk about all sorts of cool stuff, such as the news, such as a book club. And this episode, we've just mm-hmm. we've just talked about Pixar, mm-hmm. big Pixar episode, and we were we we're coming up. We were talking about Jurassic, Jurassic World, World Dominion. Yep. And our our guys, our sixth anniversary episode is coming. Oh shit, that's right. <laughs> our sixth anniversary is coming <laughs> Thank out. You guys, some questions too. You did we and we answered those questions we on an episode we haven't recorded yet. <laughs> we don't need to hide that we pre-recorded it. Okay, we were pre-recorded the episode. It's gonna come out on that's why I, I laughed because I forgot. I was like you said our sixth anniversary is coming out. I was like, oh shit, that's not even out yet. That's right. We recorded that. <laughs> Jesus, we recorded a lot this weekend. We did, and we got we got through it. We did it. Um well so well, I'll say that after we're done with the next episode. Um yeah. <laughs> All right, so of course our sixth anniversary is coming. We're going to celebrate it the only way we know how, which is putting out more content. So there you go. Um, and you can find us on Patreon. You can find us on TeePublic. We got some merch if you want to support us financially. You can find all those links on our website or down below, fichtnerpodcast.com. Uh, Fichtner Podcast on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, fichtnerguys.gmail.com. I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, where I put up a bunch of lists. Um, I write for Atomic Geekdom, where I put up a series called Revisiting the Infinity Saga, uh, where I talk about all sorts of moments that I think defined the MCU. There's also another piece that's probably up by this point called um, uh, about the Indominus Rex, just kind of leading into Jurassic World Dominion. Um, So check that out. And I write for Kaiju. I write and edit the website for KaijuRamenMedia.com. So check out all that sort of stuff. Cookie? uh on instagram just a little podcast uh on twitter just podcasting not really on facebook i'm on tiktok i still don't know my name i just put out like <laughs> a video every quarter or something like that so yeah if you want you can watch all those in about the span of three minutes and move on with your life so <laughs> and once again thank you for joining us sparks this was a lot of fun getting to talk about star trek with you where can people find you uh you can find me talking about how darth vader is essentially the gorn of Star Wars at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. And you know what? You're not wrong. I am just so happy that I finally get to do this episode with you. Uh, getting to talk about Star Trek has been a dream of mine since we first met. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we're here. All right, guys. Until next time we see us, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. <laughs>